This is Dr. Kara Shepard, and you're listening to Goat Talk with the Goat Doc. Thanks for listening to Goat Talk with the Goat Doc. You are listening to episode 23, I think, and I'm going to talk about placenta. It is going to be a big old placenta party in this episode. Uh, I realized as I was listening to the um, the episode about the paraparturian dough that uh, when I was talking about stage three labor and talking about the placenta and how I don't get excited about it, I was like, oh, that's that's not entirely accurate. Um, and I totally get excited about placenta because it's it's a crazy placenta is crazy. So I'm gonna talk about it while I'm driving to my next call. We'll see how it goes. This is going to get into a little bit like anatomy, physiology, developmental anatomy type stuff. So um, I'll, I'll try to post some show notes with some uh, like visual aids for this because that's how really, like for me, that's how I was most effectively able to understand what the heck is going on with embryo development and fetal development when I had to learn that in vet school. And now that like the pressure's off from learning that in vet school, it is like I totally get excited about this stuff. It's so much more fun to talk about anatomy and physiology when you don't have a test on it next week. Uh, so that's what I'm going to do this episode. And I hope you enjoy it. Uh, if you have questions about placenta or anything else after this episode, you can email me at goat.cara at gmail.com. Uh, you can find my website and click the contact tab at goatdoc.com. You can find me on the Instagram at goat underscore doc. And if you like the Twitter, you can find that uh, at goat.cara. So those are those are all the contact ways, and we will uh, get going here. Uh, as always, this podcast is provided with the intent to educate and inform. It is not a substitute for professional medical advice or veterinary care provided by your local primary vet, and I strongly encourage you to establish and maintain a current and valid VCPR veterinarian client patient relationship with your vet so the placenta what what really like blows my mind about the placenta is like it's a mammal thing right so placenta is the organ that connects the um uh, the the fetus to the mom. So what is the point of the placenta? Is it's like this thing that attaches the developing embryo to fetus um, into it. Like how is that fetus going to get nutrition? It's going to get it from its mom, and all of that stuff in a regular adult animal is, you know, all the nutrients and proteins and glucose and whatever the body needs is transported by blood. 
oxygen, all, all the, the vital things for um, fi- normal physiologic processes to occur are transported by blood. And uh, But in an adult, normal, functioning animal, that animal has access to the outside world and like can eat stuff and drink water and uh, breathe air. And when a fetus is in a uterus, it has no access to that stuff directly. So it is completely at the mercy of its mom uh, in order to take in the stuff that it needs. And then mom's blood needs to transfer it to the fetus's blood. And mammals have a variety, like it's all, it's all placenta, right? So it's all this, this organ, this way of connecting the fetal blood to the maternal blood. Um, But different mammals have different ways of doing it. And there's like different classifications of, uh, of placenta. And there, there, it's two different things that we look at for placenta. It is the, like what the placenta looks like. So I mentioned in the paraparturient doe episode about how placenta, like, um, in ruminants, ruminants have a cotyledonary placenta. So they have points of attachment to, between the fetus and the maternal side, um, that are like these discrete points. I mentioned that they look like pepperonis when they come out on the placenta. Those are the cotyledons, um, and that's where the the fetal side of the placenta touches the maternal side, which is the caruncle. Um, so that that's why the the goat placenta comes out and it looks like it's got these dots all over it that are the cotyledons. Um, a let's see. So then there's different different kinds of placentas. Ruminants. So cows also have a uh, cotyledonary placenta. Uh, sheep. All, so all the ruminants kind of have that one. Uh, dogs and cats are also mammals, but they don't have a cotyledonary placenta. They have what's called a zonary placenta. So that one, like each little um, placenta of, because usually cats and dogs have litters, um, the, the placenta, the dark area, which looks like a pepperoni and a goat, uh, in a puppy is like a band and it's called a zonary placenta because a certain zone of the placenta is where the connection is between the fetal side and the maternal side. Um, horses and pigs have a diffuse placenta, so it's like almost the whole surface of the placenta is involved with transferring back nutrients uh, from mom to baby and uh, oxygen and car- waste products and all that stuff, all the stuff that's going back and forth, The whole, almost the whole surface of the placenta in those uh, species is involved. So not just those like discrete points of contact, it can be the whole thing. Um, Primates, man, totally freak me out. And, uh, like, I'll, the, 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 like, physical structure and shape of the placenta is less why than the next part of how we classify placenta that I'll talk about in a minute. Um, primates and rodents, actually, have a, a, a discoid placenta. So it's, like, this one point of contact, and it, it's, like, a circle, and it goes 
all like in this one spot. Um, as I've said before in other episodes, I don't have human children. I have not had human children. Um, and maybe part of that reason is because primate placenta totally freaks me out. Um, I, I love, I think uh, ruminant placenta is totally cool. I have a, a friend of mine from vet school one time came to uh, our place during kidding and I, we were looking at the placenta and I was holding the placenta and there's this really kind of funny picture of me after we kitted out a couple does and I'm holding up the placenta and looking at it and I'm going to have to ask her if she still has that picture because it's kind of an amazing picture. Um, got like a funny orange hat on I think so I'll have to see if I can get that for part of the show notes for this episode um so yeah I think like ruminant placenta is totally cool every all I don't know why primate placenta totally freaks me out well a part of the reason I know why is because of this next classification of the different placentas um and This has to do with how many layers of different types of cells separate the maternal blood from the fetal blood. So this is this is probably like a hard thing to visualize um, because it's like it's difficult to to draw. um, But I'm gonna try to explain it, and I'll post some links to pictures in the show notes. There's a really good um, explanation on the Colorado State website. Um, I think it's the same same site, but like a different part than where I I posted a link to in the in a a previous episode. Um, They got so much good stuff on that website. so the, the other classification of placenta, you got like how it grossly appears, but then you've also got the layers of cell tissues between fetal blood and maternal blood. So as the placenta forms, the maximum number of different layers of cell tissue between the fetal blood and the maternal blood is six. So... fetal you've got you've got blood in vessels and you've got blood in vessels on the fetal side and the maternal side so you're counting how many layers of cells does like oxygen for example need to go between to get from the mom so the mom is breathing in oxygen in her lungs the red blood cells are picking it up the red blood cells are traveling all through the vessels and then they get close to the baby and then the baby needs oxygen too so the oxygen has to travel across these these layers. So the first layer, I guess I'll start on the maternal side going with that kind of oxygen um, description. Um, the first layer would be maternal side. So we're coming from the mom to the baby, from the red blood cells of the mom to the red blood cells of the baby. And the Um, The thing that holds the red blood cells in the vessels is called endothelium. That's just what we call cells lining the the blood vessels, endothelial cells. So we've got maternal endothelial cells. And then usually what's kind of outside around blood vessels is kind of connective tissue. So it's just like kind of like filler, protein, collagen stuff. Um, Depending where the vessels are, there may be more or less of it, but then you got it. So maternal endothelial cells, maternal connective tissue, and then you've got um, 
endo endometrial cells. So endometrium is the inside layer of the the uterus. So <laughs> and it gets it gets kind of funny cuz you're thinking like inside out. Like what's for the for the mom you're going inside out and for the baby you're going outside in. So you got to like stop and reason it out or at least I do that's how my brain works so you've gotten the the stuff that the baby needs from the red cells and from the bloodstream and the plasma and all that stuff it's gone through the maternal endothelium maternal connective tissue maternal endometrial cells and then on the fetus side it's got to go through the what's called chorionic epithelial cells so epithelial means on the outside of something endothelial is the inside of something so endothelial uh, endometrial epithelial cells inside of the uterus chorionic epithelial cells is the outside of the fetus or the embryo so it's called chorionic because that's what it is in developmental anatomy um, as the as the fetus is forming um, so that's kind of it's kind of like what probably is eventually going to become skin or mucosal surface or whatever depending on where it is so chorionic epithelial cells and then connective tissue so all that filler stuff again that's surrounding the fetal endothelial cells so now we've gone from the fetus we've gone from outside in um, because the endothelial cells are the one the blood vessels that you know that's what's holding the blood where it's supposed to be within the body so six layers and I talked about all those six layers because each of those different like gross placenta types. And when I say gross, I'm, I'm using gross not in like the gross, like ew, that's gross kind of way, but gross, like that's that's what it appears as, like gross anatomy, but just like is the physical gross appearance of it. Um, so the, the gross appearance of the placenta and then each of those different placenta appearances has um, a different type of uh, different some of those layers between the mother's blood and the baby's blood are missing in order to facilitate the exchange of that stuff that the baby needs um, in different placental types so ruminants cotyledonary placenta and um the uh, horses and swine which have the uh, diffuse placenta they all have like the safest placenta because they have the most layers <laughs> between uh, the mom and the baby so all of those layers there's like a nice little table on this website it's like maternal layers retained so it's there's there's not a risk on the baby side of this but the risk is on the mom side of this um, the baby doesn't lose any any of its layers babies uh, chorionic epithelial cells, babies uh, fetal connective tissue babies fetal endothelial cells those are all f just fine as far as layers that are retained because those need to be retained they are um, part of how like you know that that thing is developing um, but on the mom's side the 
some of those layers go away, like I mentioned. And horses, swine, and ruminants, so they are all they're all good. Like they have connections, but they the and those like physically those layers are probably thinner to facilitate the exchange of nutrients and oxygen, but um, all the layers are retained. So as far as like evolution or intelligent design or whatever you think from how these things developed which placenta man it's one of those things that i'm like biology is insane how did this even happen um horses swine and ruminants like from the mom's perspective those guys lucked out they are probably the least likely to have um like bleeding problems from placenta um because they retain all those layers uh the next so then the next uh group of animals dogs and cats their maternal tissues uh are a couple of them are missing so the um endometrial epithelium and the connective tissue where the connections so like where that zonary placenta is because we're talking about dogs and cats that those tissues are not there so the mom's um the mom's uterine endothelium is there and uh is one separating layer between the vessels and the, uh, the all those layers for the baby, uh, but the connective tissue is gone. In humans and rodents, and this is why um, human placenta freaks me out. There, all the maternal layers are gone. So in in science textbooks and I remember kind of vividly one of my theriogenology professors at vet school saying how in in primates the the fetal um, the fetal uh, chorionic epithelium is bathed in maternal blood because the blood goes right up to it um which totally freaks me out um anytime you're saying something is bathed in blood it's kind of (laughs) scary um but so humans and rodents do that and that puts humans and rodents at like a higher risk like if the placenta this is where the placenta attaches so where the placenta is is attaching there there's that blood supply is like so that's good for the baby because there's less stuff in the way for it to get what it needs but it's like more risky for the mom because if something goes wrong with the the detaching of the placenta there's potential for bleeding um so that's that's kind of scary um and anytime like i said anytime something says that the fetal uh chorionic epithelium is bathed in the maternal blood like that sounds kind of like horror movie-esque too so i don't know maybe i'm just a wimp about that but i will i've delivered like hundreds of goat kids probably now at this point in my life but anytime i think about like human birthing it totally freaks me out all species but one man so that is the um 
the kind of the classifications of placenta and I think a lot of stuff about parturition is still kind of poorly understood um, in many species and I, like I said all species but one I don't know too much about humans um, but like we there are things that we don't fully understand like why what exactly is it that initiates um, the the parturition cascade of uh, of giving birth like what is it that does that the um, that in ruminants in particular um, there's like a little bit of you can follow the the way the blood goes and they're kind of the accepted theory of how everything works is that basically like okay the babies are growing and then they're getting crowded which causes stress um, and they've which causes increased cortisol um, and that stress hormone um causes the uh, like the different hormones to interact and uh, the the corpus luteum which we talked about previously stops it will lice under the influence of steroids whether it's endogenous steroids so steroids made by the animal or exogenous steroids which are like administered so that's why like you don't want to give steroids to a pregnant ruminant uh, in particular a sheep because uh, you can accidentally induce them into labor but uh, I'm going off on a tangent here um because uh, because we, some of, a lot of this stuff is like poorly understood. So one of the things that's poorly understood is like what exactly happens that makes it so that the um, the deta- what exactly is it that makes the placenta detach and like a, a human mom? I don't. I mean, I'm sure there's some blood involved there, but like in a goat, like there's very little blood involved in a um, in a normal delivery because it has those layers of tissue that are keeping everything safe and blood contained. Um, but in a in a human, there's probably going to be some blood loss, but not enough that should endanger the life of the mom. So, like, in a ruminant in particular, uh, in a goat, for example, uh, the, the cotyledons will kind of detach and peel away from the caruncles as the placenta detaches from the... Uh, the uterus but we don't really know like what causes that detachment if you yank on that um you can cause bleeding i know i mentioned about how there's all these layers in between and that makes it less risky for bleeding um but the layers are not smooth like at a microscopic level and actually if you ever like if, if you're like me and you think placenta is cool and you like, like, when it comes out all nice out of your dough and you want to, like, check it out, um, if you uh, ever happen to, like, put it in water, for example, so um, 
those, those pepperonis, those cotyledons, if you put them in water, you can almost see, like, they almost look fuzzy, like little villi, little, like, finger projections. Um, and those are, that's the attachment to the caruncle. So it's, um, you can see how, like, if you yanked, if you've got this, this attachment of these little fingers on either side and the little fingers are kind of embedded a little bit into the into the uterine side into the maternal side um, and you yank on that then you certainly could cause bleeding because the tissue isn't um, isn't ready to release and we don't really I mean unless something's changed since I learned all about all this stuff we don't really know what exactly it is that causes that release um, it happens naturally and uh yeah. Um, and yeah, it happens naturally, happens at its own pace. Sometimes it happens like really quickly. Like I said, um, I think in the uh, parapartarian dough episode happens like, it's like within hours, a couple hours after kidding or can happen with a couple days after kidding. And it doesn't, it doesn't really matter too much to me when, and that's what, like, I don't, I don't get excited about it, I guess. I, <laughs> like I said before, um, because I, I trust that the placenta knows what it's doing. Um, it's, it, I, so many, so many goats, and so many placentas I have experienced at this point in my life and I can think of very few that caused any kind of issue at all and trust trust the placenta um yeah so I think that wraps up my ode to the placenta uh that's a it's a crazy, crazy, crazy thing. And you just wonder when you learn about biology and development and all of these things, it's just, it's one of those things where I'm like, look at all of this complicated stuff. And with all the things that could go wrong, it's amazing that anything ever goes right. And it's even more amazing that most of the time it does go right. Uh... (laughs) So it's a crazy world. Um, if you have any questions or anything you'd like me to clarify or have an ode to a different... I'll do, I'm going to do an ode to the rumen here at some point because the rumen is crazy, just like the placenta. Um, so that that will next be the next uh, ode to an organ uh, in a future episode. I've got a few more like kidding related things that I should talk about here while it's kidding season. So that'll be coming soon. And if you want to email me, please do. If you want to review and rate on Apple podcasts, that is awesome. And if you want to, uh, follow me on social media and say, hi, that's great. And if you, uh, want to tell your goat friends that there's a podcast. That is also awesome. Um, I think that's it for the moment and I will talk to you all next time.